0: Hi, I'm Sherry
1: Fella, the founder of BloomBase. And I'm Allison Loughran, partner at BloomBase. Welcome to the Power 2 podcast. On this podcast, we explore power from a feminine perspective, how it shows up in and with people from diverse experiences. We want to explore how, when, and why humans feel powerful, and when they don't, how to get there. Power 2 is personal power, the ability to choose our own states and behaviors.
0: Our intent with this conversation isn't just to have an intriguing conversation. Our intent is to have an impactful one, one that opens up possibilities and may even change behaviors. Welcome to Power Two.
1: Today on the Power Two podcast, we get a chance to explore a real life case study with two extraordinary leaders, who exemplify the kind of commitment, authenticity, vulnerability, and courage it takes to go down a path of impact. Today, you'll hear from Mike and Andy who have been featured in our video, a real-life case study of what it takes to do this work. And we'll go underneath some of the themes we see in the video. For example, we'll talk to them about power and how it's shifted. We're gonna hear from them how it feels to build emotional intelligence. We're gonna hear from them what it was like to be on those hard spaces. And we even get a chance to explore how all this investment and their development has helped them move through something as epic as COVID. In 2019, Andy and Mike and their organization came off a record setting year of performance and then COVID hit. And hearing them explore that and how they move through it with their team and how things like emotional intelligence, things like vulnerability and courage, And things like leading from a power to stance have helped them navigate that together in an innovative and collaborative and connecting way. We're honored to have them here today, and we can't wait to get started. So on with the interview with Mike and Andy. All right, we're back in the studio. We're so excited to have our guests here today right now. When aren't we excited to be in the studio with guests? (laughs) <laughs> but this is, I have to say, having Mike and Andy, I'll have you introduce yourselves in just a moment. Having you two in the studio after all the work we've done together, it's its really special for us. So thanks for making the time, and we're excited to to have this conversation with you today. Thank you. So Andy, thank can you. I have you introduce yourself, and then I'll have Mike do that, and we'll just dive in here.
2: Yeah. Uh, first of all, thank you, uh, Sherry and Allison, for having me. My name is Andy Folger. I've been working with Distant uh, Group for about 18 years originally from austria and have joined here the u.s or came to the u.s uh, 17 years ago but uh very happy to be here and uh yeah thank you
1: so happy to have you and mike
3: well allison and uh sherry thank you uh as well uh, my name is mike Dolan. i'm the head of hr for uh, press north america work uh, very closely with andy uh, I, too, am from Austria, uh, but most people think uh, that I sound like a Kentuckian, so let's, let's just go with that. <laughs> uh, but i <laughs> uh, been with Tess and for about eight years.
1: And definitely not from Austria.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Austria, Kentucky. <laughs> it's,
1: already, it's already beginning. It's already beginning. I love it. So before we, before we get into our discussion about some of the experiences we've had together, we always ask our guests, what does power mean to you? And so we just want to start there because it's the Power 2 podcast and hear where you are with that. And then that'll kind of inform our conversation going forward. So Mike, what does power mean to you?
2: Probably the ability to influence.
1: And Andy, how about for you?
2: I think it's uh, making opportunities available for people really uh, providing the opportunities uh, where people can be their best.
1: That's awesome. So would you guys say mm-hmm. that that power definition, has that shifted over the past few years or has that been really what you've held since you've been in your leadership roles?
2: Well, if I go first, it has definitely shifted. <laughs> uh, to be honest, it has definitely shifted uh, Power meant first, you know, when you become responsible for a few people uh, as they like, First is the title becomes important, and then uh, over the years you learn that title is just a title, and uh, humans are still behind the title, and uh, I think that's when you really start what leadership means. But uh, no, definitely in my early years of leadership, power meant different. I was completely misunderstood and uh, shifted a lot.
1: Interesting. Mike, how about you?
3: I would agree with Andy. It's it's definitely shifted uh, in the time that I've been there. I think we've shifted from kind of a management focused company to an employee focused company.
1: Interesting. So, as you two think about your journey um, as leaders, I just want to, you know, of course, you're kind of superstars now. and You've had this video with Bloombase on there. You put yourselves out there for other people to learn from and with. And, I think it would be interesting for people to understand what do some of those phrases you've used or some of the, some of the sentences you've used in that video about your journey, what that would mean uh, underneath just the sentence, right? So how would you describe this journey you've been on over the last few years together as, as leaders in this transformation? And Mike, you want to go first?
3: Sure. Wow. That, there's a lot packed into that question. <laughs> It's been, uh, it's probably taxed every emotion uh, that I have uh, within me, but it has been probably one of the most inspirational, fun, difficult journeys uh, I've ever taken. Can I
0: ask a question? Mike, what do you think was the most challenging part of that experience? I know in, in the video, so I'm going to reference that. I know in the video you talk about, like, it's not like it wasn't like anything else. It was different. Right. Like, what made it different? I kind of want to hear what was challenging and what was amazing.
3: Yeah, what was different is I've been through coaching, exercises, workshops, retreats, and other companies. And you have a good experience from that. Ah, uh, you come away from that energized, and maybe you have some things you want to work on. You get to the office Monday, you pat each other on the back, and talk about how good that was. By Wednesday, you're back in your routine. It's over, and you don't even think about it again. Yeah. So, what's different about the Bloom base a- approach is I mean, it is it's a model, it's a journey. I, I would compare my experiences to use an educational. Uh, example, I would compare my experiences in past companies as obtaining a certificate. I would say that the Bloom-based experiences, we were working on our master's degree, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So, Andy, how did you answer that question? What made this experience different for you?
2: So, to be honest, uh, I have uh, participated in several uh, leadership uh, college trainings, right? And I always left with a to-do list. A good leader does this, 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 this. A bad leader does this, this, this. So when I met Sherry, uh, or say when I heard about uh, the opportunity, I said, you know, I want to be a part of that leadership and just learn. Maybe someone else comes in and tells me what I have to do and what I don't have to do. And uh, the biggest difference in that journey was that in the first meeting out and in every meeting with Sherry, there was a never, Andy, you need to do this, or Andy, you don't need to do this. So there was always open-ended questions. There was a lot of curiosity from Terry. And uh, to be honest, that was so completely different that I had to be, get used to it first. And uh, there was a challenge, but also uh, in the same time, same time rewarding, because sometimes I felt like I answered my own questions. I have just uh, with the style Sherry had, and uh, that was completely a complete difference uh, on what I had experienced before. Got it. Also, uh, when we when we met, we haven't talked about work in the first few meetings at all. It was all about Andy, or like who is Andy, and get to know each other, and uh, who is Sherry. So. We took quite some time, uh, which, which is very important to get to know each other and get comfortable with each other because yeah, in that journey, if you take it serious and really want to get something out of it, you need to open up. You need to open up uh, and, uh, and say that is also different, uh, was completely different than uh, previous trainings. Uh, you don't talk about yourself. You get a, a work instruction, per se. Mm-hmm.
0: Right? You know, that's interesting, Andy. So, by the way, we all have the experience of having learned from Sherry because I met her when I went through the women's leadership development experience. So I know how it feels to be in your shoes, to be clear. And to a much lesser degree, but <laughs> that's bad, Sherry. So this is actually why I think is it's, it's as fascinating to me as it is, you know, um, because I've sort of sat in the same seat. So the question I was thinking of that was coming up, as you said that Andy, is you guys have answered this very um, in what seems to be really positive answers. But I would love to know, what was your learning edge? What did you have to kind of, you know, wrestle with
1: before you made it into the space?
0: Where you're like, yeah, this is really good.
1: <laughs> before you answer, Annie, I have to just say this. So totally appreciate the props you guys are giving me, but you all know what makes development happen is that you both have to be willing to go into that space, which you all do. I think that's what you can understand. And I think sometimes people in my position, they're in the front of the room are afraid to say, hey, I know enough to know, I have no idea what you need. (laughs) But I feel like together, we're going to figure it out. You know what I mean? And I'm not diminishing all the experience we bring into the room. I'm just saying, I think it takes, it just takes brave people to do that. And you have to be brave together to build trust. So please, I know I say this to you all the time, Andy, Mike, and you Allison, but I, I just really think that needs to be underscored in that everybody has to be in the same boat. You know, we're not on a pedestal and we don't treat you like clients. <laughs> that makes any sense. Like we're truly in it together. Is how I hope it felt to you because that's how I learned too. I mean, you guys have made me better at everything I do because we've had that experience together.
2: I fully agree with you uh, that from the first moment on uh, your interest and in everything, it, it, it never felt You know, people call it maybe coaching or anything. It never felt as a coaching. It's really a true partnership. It's really make each other better, help each other. And from the first moment on, to be honest, I never felt be coached. It's also maybe a point which is different between uh, previous trainings or let's say than this one with uh, with you, to be honest.
1: I I love that. And I never felt from either of you or anyone on my team felt this that we were vendors. Mm Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what I mean by the vulnerability from both sides. I think that feels really risky for people in both positions and that's a critical ingredient. It doesn't mean we don't have boundaries. It doesn't mean, you know, we're all the way in each other's business or we can't do our jobs for each other, but it does mean there has to be fewer boundaries than a lot. So I just, I think that's notable.
3: It's a partnership. It's, um, it's not clients and, and vendors. It's, its partners that's a that's a big difference
0: it is mike i agree you know this all sounds like oh this is great it's such a great experience i learned so much but like what was rough like what was your learning edge where yeah. you're like damn this again or still yeah. or still <laughs> right which is totally it's yeah.
2: what's rough in the journey is that uh, to come to the realization that this is not a one-way street it's not always just improving, right? Uh, let's say, or you're not always in the improving state. Maybe uh, It's a go back and forth. It's really situational-based. And uh, I struggled a little bit to realize that, That yeah, you're you learning, we're learning, we're growing as a team, we're learning as a team. A new team member is coming in, and then, then dynamic changes again. And you, you have to go maybe sometimes back to the basic and then start over again. But then overall, when I think back is, we need that because it just makes us even stronger than before. New team members bringing new dynamics in there. But when I started the journey and like really proud to see what we have achieved and then realized, wow, a new person just, I don't say pushed us back, but we had to step back a few times. So that was uh, definitely uh, uh, for me a point where, I like, yeah, I, I didn't, I, I was not expecting that, you know, that uh, let's say it's a two way street, not just a always improving street. You have to step back a few times.
0: Oh, I, love right.
2: I love that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. The, the interest, Manola said that the part is also, uh, you know, uh, and you need to keep, uh, let's say, remind people on, on where we're coming from because, uh, sometimes it can really feel like a loss and people like, Oh, see, I told you that doesn't work or something like that. But you really need to remind people on, 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 where we come from and uh, remind them on the journey because, uh, People forget uh, quickly the success we have, and then they're always uh, ready for the next success, right? So I think it's a very important part that uh, you you always remind the people and uh, give them also space when when something doesn't go uh, right the first time or, let's say, when they come to a point where it doesn't go, let's say, maybe as planned or as they had thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: I understand. How would you answer that, Mike?
3: Yeah, sure. It is a nice story. Lots of positives, but yeah, lots of uh, fears, and anxieties, and frustrations uh, as, as well. The first one's easy. The leadership development falls under HR uh, to begin with. So meeting Sherry and getting this program going and then stepping back and thinking, oh my, I actually have to do this myself. <laughs> Oops. Uh, yeah, uh, I can't ride the coattails of my two-day retreat experience uh, that I had seven years ago. I actually have got to go through, you know, this pain and suffering also. So that was uh, that was the first realization. We have such an eclectic management group. I mean, we have cultures, we have ages, we have just you. It runs the gamut. And then the, the second big fear is, man, can we can we actually turn turn the corner with this group because we were all over the place as is any leadership team. But it just felt like, wow, we've got some extra challenges here that uh, may make this quite difficult. And then I think the third fear uh, that I think you have to acknowledge when you go through this is not everybody's going to make it and not everybody has. And I, I hate that, but it is, it's, it's a reality. And then, you know, I've had to make some, some difficult decisions as part of that. That's, that's very difficult. I saw Andy struggle uh, with the decision. And uh, we, we struggled together. But uh, we aligned and we did the right thing for the company. Uh, and we took care of the employee anyway. And those, yeah, that gets lost in, ah, this is PKs. Yeah, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes pain that you have to go through to get to where you want, want to be. Yeah.
1: That's so great
0: to to remember Mike. Thank you for that.
1: Mike, what made you reach out to begin with when you and I first met? What made you, what were you seeing or what because this I think is something people don't understand? Like what caused this? It wasn't because it was on, not that this is a bad thing, but it wasn't because it was on your objectives, right, Andy, <laughs> for the year. So what what was happening in the organization or the team that made you go, you know what? I feel like we need a different input or
3: whatever. Yeah. We, Yashar and I, our CEO, we've got a very talented management group, Andy being one of those at the time. And so we were looking for some opportunities to develop. I didn't have the, the bandwidth at the time to do that. And so I told Yashar in a meeting one time we were having, I said, hey, I've had some really good success with executive coaching in the past. Let me look and see what's out there. And then maybe we can bring in a person to meet with uh, two or three of our uh, kind of up-and-comers. Let's see what that looks like. Let's see how that goes. And (laughs) random things in life, a Google search takes me right to share. So fate.
1: It was. And I love that. I'll never forget this. Andy, you've heard this way too many times. I know. But the thing Mike said to me when we started, we decided we did a lot of diagnostics and a lot of, you know, just fit, and making sure we understood everything. And then Mike looked at me the first day we were starting and he goes, you better make me
2: look good. (laughs) (laughs) I bet he did say that. (laughs) I'm not surprised.
3: (laughs) Yeah. the, The sooner people understand that it's all about me, then things tend to go a lot easier.
0: <laughs> and I your, your openness about it because, you know, Al, we talk about this all the
1: time, how unfortunate it is that so many HR leaders see us as a threat instead of another tool in their toolbox because of the way we partner. We're not trying to replace anybody. We're not trying to create dependence. And it was so refreshing for you to say that and for you both to be so open about it. But I wish that was more of the best case and that there was more freedom for other professionals in your role to do that, especially
3: well, professionals. Yeah, I, I think one of the things you have to come to grips with as a leader, and, and Andy and I talk about this a lot in our meetings, is uh you have to know when to ask for help. Yeah. And that's not easy for any of us.
0: Right. Um,
3: and so you just have to know where your, your strengths lie, where your weaknesses lie, or what you're not resourced to do. And you just have to be able to say, hey, let's, let's just go find that help. Again, when you have CEOs and COOs like you, are and Andy, who support that, that makes that a lot easier.
1: So, Andy, what were you thinking after coaching and then you're, you're taking your team through this development for the first time? And at the time, you were all males from all over the world world, basically. And then you have a female join your team. What did that feel like for you, going through that process and then having a female join your team after you'd been through all this stuff?
2: To be honest, I think it was great. It's different perspective. And uh, I think that helps us many times, especially manufacturing of, let's say, at our company is a lot of male dominant. And we have a lot of female uh, employees. And I think we not always heard them correctly. So From my point of view, I think it was an enhancement or is an enhancement to have now females on our leadership team and uh, that we get the full perspective and listen to everybody.
1: I get asked this question a lot. I know Allison does too. Yeah, we know you guys do that work with emotional intelligence, but what do you think male teams would say about that? And I always say that is our client base. It's not women. (laughs) It's
2: men. I think to be honest male needed more than a, a female. So if you, you want to like make a comparison, right. But it, it's it's the truth because we all like, you know, we are so good and like, we don't have any weaknesses. Right. And, and so clearly have no self-awareness, you know, and uh, we're walking chest out. I saw many people change or let's say change adjust, uh, which I never have thought they would. So Andy,
0: it's interesting that you say that, that you, you, that as you answer that question, you're talking about emotional self awareness and emotional intelligence, all these things that our work is based in and the research behind those. What do people do? I'm going to just use men specifically. What's the reaction you get when you start talking about emotional intelligence with someone from outside your company?
2: Emotional intelligence is kind of a buzzword, right? So everybody's like, "Okay, tell me more about really there's Quite some uh, uh, curiosity behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have never, let's actually, met someone who was let's say talking negatively everybody like ah okay you guys doing that as well what do you guys do tell me more about so i do tell our our journey and our story and uh many and they are very much intrigued and to be honest to come to find out is many companies also here in the road have executive coaching even some close friends uh have become an executive coach and uh or those friends and this different business leader using executive coaches uh, for many years. So now uh, everybody is positive. everybody's intrigued. I love to hear that.
1: Yeah. What about you, Kentucky Mike? What did what do people say when you go to Kentucky and talk about emotional intelligence?
3: Well, first of all, they think I say AI, and uh, <laughs> they uh, <laughs> well tell me that uh, artificial intelligence thing, there, Mike. Yeah. So I don't frame, uh, you know, I, I visit, I don't really frame what we've done in terms of EI, uh, because to your point, it typically goes right over people's head or they look at you like you're in a cult or something. So I talk more in terms of just kind of what, what we've done within the, the leadership team, the management groups, they get, they can get their arms around that. You know, you immediately with, uh, Ei, you see the eyes glaze over, and, you know, you've lost. So
1: no offense fun. to anyone from Kentucky. Mike and I tease each other a lot because I'm a Hoosier fan. He's a Wildcat fan. So just no, no one from Kentucky call us and say we've asked you or anything. probably <laughs> good fun. Um, Absolutely. When we talk, you know, we you guys I tease me a lot because I'm always saying, trust the process, trust the process. And that was kind of mentioned in the case study we did with you. But what does that mean for you to, in your own words, I'm not talking about what it means to build and base or anything, but what does it mean to you and how do you still use that in your own way with your own processes and things
2: you're trying to put into play with your team? So, trust the process means for me, it's really, let's say, let me start. I'm a very organized person, I would say, or I would describe myself. I need to know when I go into a meeting what it is about and uh, let's say, maybe not as flexible at, at all times. And that phrase trust the process has taught me many times that I don't need to know everything. When I go in somewhere, I don't, you know, just be present, listen. And even if you, if you see something, maybe not go immediately in the direction you like, just give people time and, uh, know that, you know, focus more on the end product, not how always they get there. And, uh, so the three words, uh, many times, you know, I sit in a meeting and I'm like, okay, and if just trust the process. And, uh, empower the team, let the team uh, work, and uh, the end result will be what you, in the end, you like. How about
3: you, Mike? Yeah. Yeah, trust the process for me means beating back the negative uh, self-talk. It's when everything in your body says, I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. This is stupid. Uh, I'm actually paying for this. All of that uh, emotion that's running through you're able to kind of just put that in the box, control it, and just go with the flow. That's, that's tough. That's really tough.
1: I love that. And that's such a natural part of the process, don't you guys think? All those stories, all the resistance, all the... Oh, I love that. Mm. Great answers. Thank you.
0: So we talk about in our, our business, we talk about transformation a lot. What do you feel like has been most transformative for you? Maybe for you personally?
3: that you can teach the old dog new tricks, that everything, 30 plus years of experience, having done, having weaved in and out of a lot of these types of things before, and then suddenly to find yourself within a group, a very eclectic group, and almost be giddy, giddy like a kid, just, well, this is awesome, and, dude, this is terrible, and again, just running through those emotions, and then being able to watch everything start to unfold and start to head in the right direction—that's uh, myself included. It's been pretty cool.
0: Love that. How about for you, Andy?
2: You know, you asked the word of power before, and uh, let's say I was always uh, a very KPI-driven person, right? KPIs was to number one priority in my life or work life and even carry it at home as well and uh, with the development to be honest KPI is still important but definitely are not the number one anymore and uh, learned that uh, again if you focus on the people if you empower the people and and see them grow that is even much more fun and rewarding than seeing a KPI green when you see people uh, grow and where you've thought wow you know, you would have never thought. And, and then people come in your office and tell you about that journey. This is more than any KPIs could ever give you back. So that was definitely, for me, the, the biggest transformation of positive learning. And uh, in the end, it's just there's also we're all human, right? We decide what the KPIs are in the end and uh, focus on the people. That's definitely my biggest learning. And I have to be honest, I have to give uh, kudos to Mike. When he came to our company uh, seven, seven or eight years ago now, Yes, we were maybe employees focused, but uh, we cared for them, but uh, we were not employees focused. And he said that from the first day on. And uh, uh, I think without, without him joining our team, uh, we would not be there today. I have to say he has pushed us a lot and uh, yeah, needed to push us. And uh, we learned a lot. And I think uh, our culture has changed and uh, people like to come to work today.
0: I have to say, because people cannot see you, that, The absolute earnestness and truth that you are radiating as you say that, that that is not just lip service, that you look absolutely like joyful talking about how seeing people develop, what that's meant to you. That's just so powerful. So powerful. Thank
1: you. And you can feel it. Like as someone who's been with you for a while, it feels different walking into your your plant now. It just feels different. I mean, I know we're in COVID right now, which is my next question. But when we (laughs) used to walk into your plant (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the question I have for you is, you know, so now you have this record-breaking year, all kinds of momentum. You set yourselves up for success in 2020. You guys are really ready uh, for a monster year. And then the pandemic hits. How did all this groundwork help you really move through that? And how has it just felt to move through that, first of all?
3: Mike, you wanna start? Yeah, Andy and I went in his office. He says, What does trust the process mean now? I'm like, The hell if I know? Uh, I don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Let's call (laughs) Sherry. And then I said,
0: I don't know either. Let's figure it
3: out. Yeah. Oh my
0: God.
3: Well, you never learn more than when you just hit a catastrophe, right? I mean, it starts with just strong leadership. And immediately, Yashar and Andy just kind of jumped into okay, you know, trying to get information. And we were meeting every and we were totally consumed by it, just as, uh, you know, probably everybody else was. Having gone through this, the relationship that Andy and I had put together uh, over the years, especially as part of the the Bloom-Base process, I I think is pretty special. And so, you know, there was a connection there that that we had and kind of a commonality. And I think a lot of that was forged through the Bloom-Base process. And so, yeah, we were pulling our hair out, but I never, ever felt like, oh, man, this is bad. And, you know, if, if I got to go through the pandemic, then I want to go through it with Andy. So I'm feeling misty-eyed, so I'll, I'll back on. Andy, I'll back I out. Wait.
1: I can't wait to hear from Andy on this, because I really did. I'll comment in a minute, but I marveled at you guys moving through this, the way you moved through it as a team. So, Andy, I'd love to hear your perspective on this.
2: Yeah, thank you, Mike. To be honest, uh, and we talked about it, it's almost like the final exam. The pandemic was our final exam, and uh, I'm sorry uh, we that is, it's terrible.
0: That's
1: so great!
2: <laughs> no, no but, that's, uh, that's perfect, right? Absolutely perfect. <laughs> I mean, you get hit with something. Nobody in the, understands in the entire world, right? Not the smartest people. They are like everybody. What is going on? And so here we are in our little plane in the road, Indiana, and uh, we're like, wow. So we had to make a lot of tough decisions, right? Business went from great sales to nothing. And we had made, yeah, like I said, tough decisions. And seeing the team pulling behind us was just, it was just amazing. And I believe, and not believe, I know that, our organization has seen that we became employee focused. Our organization has seen how we have transformed. We have let's say, created, I think, a tremendous trust in our leadership team. And when we had to make those tough decisions, yes, some people ask questions, which is absolutely normal, but I felt supported throughout the entire organization, regardless on what level, because they knew that uh, we were employee-focused and uh, we looked out for them to make the best decision for the organization for the long run. So I felt, to be honestly, supported trust. And you know, what they didn't know, I didn't know what I did. You know, I was completely clueless, but we just focused, how can we have the least impact to our employees? And uh, I think that's why we, we received that uh, great support.
3: Yeah, if I, could, if I could add something else too that just kind of hit me, as is, is crazy as this whole you know, six, eight months has been, and like Andy said, we make a lot of very unpopular, tough decisions. I'm sure we kind of veered out of the lane, but but we stayed within our values on honesty, assuming positive intent, proactive communication it was a big thing. And we communicated weekly with employees. It was exhausting. And I think that's also part of that final exam, too. It's like you know, a lot of times when chaos hit, everything goes up the window. You're just you're just in a crisis mode. And Katie, bar the doors, whatever you got to do to get it done. But as I think about that, we really did stay within kind of the framework of our values, which I think is a testament to the entire process.
1: I really appreciate you guys sharing what you did, because I get—I told you, but I've told, shared this with you, but I was so amazed at the creativity your entire team had. And if I can say this, you were going through negotiations as well, right, Mike? But you had all these things you were holding, right? And I just, I just marveled at that because there, there were a lot of teams where COVID was a forcing function that showed how they weren't ready for the final exam. Right. And for mm-hmm. you guys, it showed you absolutely were. And it, I just, I, it was, just, that was phenomenal. So what questions haven't we asked you that you think are important or questions you have for us or anything we haven't mm-hmm. said that you hoped we would say?
2: Yep. I have uh, one uh, question, Sherry. So, when you walked into this place, right? I mean, you have done that uh, previously many times before. So when you walked into this place and you saw it and you saw it today, what would you change on our entire approach over the last uh, last years? Is, is there something more? What could we do different? Or What is your biggest learning out of it?
1: Wow, what a great question. I always trust that whatever happens for you all happens as it should. I do really trust that. I guess my head more went to what would I... I always wish some of the the hard decisions you had to make, you could have made sooner just so you weren't in that space for so long. It's more wishes around that than big adjustments, I think. But also then having to be in those spaces is where the learning is too. So I almost, I don't even want to say that really. But no, I think about walking into that plant. And I actually think the way, you know, Mike set this up with the support of you and Yashar, which is. I think the most important thing is that this is not a fast process. Behaviors don't change quickly, starting with coaching and building trust and giving me a chance to understand what was happening in organization and diagnosing it for the team development that came later. Like all of that I think was so well done. And I, I think too often people think, hey, you know, Andy and might come into my plant for two days and make everything better. <laughs> And it, it just doesn't happen that way. And it also isn't huge changes that you make, as you guys have realized. They have huge impacts, but you're still the same people you were a few years ago. So for me, it's, it's understanding it's the behavior changes that are small. It's the impact that's a long runway. So I think I, more than anything, I just wish maybe some of those hard decisions didn't have to happen. But I also know those were great learning tools for your team, too. So I don't know that I would change anything. I wish you didn't have to go through a pandemic. I really wanted to see what you guys would have been able to do this year with the setup you had from last year. Kind of grieving that for you, you know. Um, But for me. But
3: but why? If it's not a pandemic, it's going to be something else.
1: It's a great point, Mike.
3: Hopefully not, you know, this. uh, Dramatic.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, I personally I just want to say thank you to both because I really mean it when I say you've made us better as a team because of the amount of work we've all done in the hard spaces together. And I I don't take that lightly. And like we said, it's a partnership. So that that co-creation and that co-learning has to happen. I wish I would have I would have had more information sooner that I could absorb for you. I always wish that for clients. Could that have helped? That's not on you. That's just me wishing I could get more clear sooner around some things but no Andy I mean I'm I'm excited I mean the only question I have for you two is is what's next now where do you take it from here
3: well hold on I I have two questions to ask okay (laughs) I have a question I have a question for each of you excellent all right Sherry, your question is, and again, you, you you guys deal with a lot of different teams, but what has been your biggest challenge in working with our group? And Allison, for you, you've seen this from both sides. So what has been, you know, your biggest challenge in going from, and I hate to use this, going from a client to kind of a provider, just that transition. So Whoever wants to go first. Good question.
1: You want me to go first, Al? So the, the biggest challenge for me is when you all get to that point where now you're noticing you're moving ahead of the partners outside of your team, whether that's internal partners or external partners. That's always a challenge for me because I don't feel like since I don't have influence on in another group or to understand them, even the ways you do I feel like I'm not as valuable in those spaces because that's just hard. It's a hard space for you all to be in. That's what's most challenging for me. And really, honestly, trying to keep up with you guys. I mean, the fact that you did coaching, then it was your leadership team development, and then you started pushing it through the organization. That takes a lot of courage, as I said, and commitment to do that. So one of those challenges was just keeping up with your learning curve and keeping it challenging and making sure that you were getting a return on all that you're investing. And I don't mean just money. That's not insignificant, but it's the energy. Like you said, Andy, like when you have momentum and you get knocked back a few steps to keep going and know, well, that's just how it is. It's not that anything's wrong and nothing needs fixed. That's just how it works. Those are always challenging moments, I think, to make sure, oh my gosh, I hope they understand this is just part of it. That's how I'd answer it. Allison? So my answer
0: is twofold. My answer is that one of the biggest realizations that I have had in now delivering this kind of work versus being the recipient of it is the Herculean amount of energy it takes, Sherry. I know in those spaces to be that present and to hold all of those situations and emotion and that it's just it's a lot of energy and the fact that you know she does it day after day. And you know, I can see her calendar on my calendar and I just like wow, that looks like a big day. (laughs) it it is, it is physically, I mean it's it's energizing in some way, but it takes so much of you. So, understanding how much she's been giving over the course of the last however, 20 ish years being a coach and being in those spaces like it makes me want to take a nap just thinking about it. It's really striking and it's really to be applauded now that I'm part of her team. That's yeah. what I drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's great because it's not your stuff, but you still are holding it with them, right? I think too that it's also just so incredibly rewarding. It is just, you know, the flip side, it's hard, it's heavy, it's energy. But on the other side, it's this seeing transformation and, you know, realization and joy and all the things that come along with this work. It's just, the best hard ever that's the best way I can describe it
3: yeah you mentioned as Andy was talking a few minutes ago how you saw the emotion and the sincerity yeah uh, you just did the same thing you can you can see that on your face and most of the time Sherry and I talk a lot on Friday mornings and she's flooring her speech and everything. I'm thinking that yeah, <laughs> she's been drinking again. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so funny. How hard is it for you now? Like you've mentioned the liberating spaces, but there is a lot about the leadership that you are and leaning more into that coaching space where you do it too for your employees now. You're holding a lot more energy and space for them than you did before. How's it feel for you all now?
2: That's a good question because, uh, yes, we've all good intent when you work with your coworkers, and employees and uh, uh, they're bringing a problem. You want to solve it for them, especially, let's say, when your name is Andy. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, it is hard sometimes when you hear stories, right? You need to go home and, and uh, to be honest, that healthy mind platter when we learned about that. And uh, it's, it's very important that you take care of yourself first, you know, if your mind is not clear you're not able to to help anybody or, let's say, go in those tough discussions. You need to be, let's say, aware of your emotional own, you know. So sometimes it's tough, but uh, I think, uh, again, I would answer that in order to be, let's say, supporting your co-workers and employees, you need to take care of yourself first and, uh, yeah, need to find a way where you can let go. Love it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I I got a little different approach to that. When you say kind of what's next, I kind of fixated on what actually is my biggest fear. And that's we put all this time and investment uh, into this process and then it all crumbles and falls apart and it was all for nothing. So Andy is not going to be the CEO or COO forever. I will not be... Uh, the HR leader forever. So just being really in tune and very sensitive to how how the development goes, and you know, being being very sensitive to any cracks that are developing. I mean, this is kind of all of our baby here, right? And so, I mean, we're we're pretty protective of this thing, and so I would be heartbroken. Let's say five years from now, I'm I'm on the beach, retired, and I call a bandy, and he's off doing his thing. He's golfing, and he's like, "Hey, man, did you hear? You know, the whole leadership thing it, it fell apart." I would be heartbroken. So, what's next for me is how do we sustain this? What do we need to do? Why do we need to put in place? What leaders do we need to you know bring in next? How how do we keep this whole thing? going. love that. Yeah.
1: You're not going to retire in five years and lay on the beach anyway, but I get get your point. I get your point, Mike. (laughs) Well, we so appreciate you guys being here today. Thank you for making the time and for sharing your story, which is also courageous. A lot of our clients aren't really up for doing that, so we appreciate you doing it, and understandably so, but we so appreciate you doing it. Any final thoughts, Allison or or Mike or Andy?
3: This is a lot of fun. Uh, It's a little... Didn't quite know what to expect. Uh, I've kind of learned that from working with Sherry, but a uh, lot of fun. Again, love uh, love the opportunity to tell our story, uh, a story which you guys are front and center and a part of. So, yeah, so just thanks for the opportunity and look forward to continuing uh, what has become uh, what I think is just a fantastic partnership. So thank you.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. About you Andy.
2: Yeah. I just can echo also what Mike says, but I'm very grateful uh, for those opportunities to uh, uh, showcase uh, our organization uh, and our partnership because, again, uh, uh, you mentioned it before, we would not have been successful if that is a vendor-kind relationship. It is really a partnership and uh, really focus on making each other better. So I'm very grateful. uh, Even just that podcast, uh, I did not expect well, I didn't know what to come in, right? But I told myself the three words, trust the process and uh, Andy, you will learn out of it. So uh, very thankful, very grateful uh, to be part of that and get that opportunity and uh, uh, very grateful uh, to Alison, Sherry and then Diadem of Lumbay. So thank you for having me. So
1: for our listeners today, we hope that your takeaway is how can you start your own journey of transformation? How can this inspire you to take an inside out journey? How can you Begin to have influence and impact in the teams and families around you. And that you know it's a long journey, but that it's worth it. And that a big impact happens in small changes.